Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. This is Sometimes Baseball, and I'm Will Heisentruck. I am joined by writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former communications and corporate communications intern, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host, David Bourne. Airhorn sounds. <laughs> now, two's fun, but three's a party. With that being said, we are also joined by biker, world traveler, former teacher, former Jimmy John's delivery guy, and future psychologist, co-host, Carrie Jarvie. They're mine. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So how are you guys? I'm good, Will. How's it going, man? Good, good. Carrie? I'm doing well. I'm ready for the season. Let's do it. Yes, um, we're excited too. So let's run through our agenda for the, our fans, all six of them. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, what you've been thinking. We're going to get run through a little uh, baseball history. Then we're going to run through the rules for the 2020 season. And then we're going to look at the over-under on team wins, as well as divisional predictions. And then we're going to go right into the song lyric for the day and finish out with the trending Twitter topic. So before we even get started, if any of our listeners have a fun Twitter story they want us to talk about, trivia, they think can stump David or Harry, you can be a part of this show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, you can DM us at Sometimes Baseball. And on Twitter, you can reach us at, once again, Sometimes Baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash sometimes baseball. If you don't like any of the cur designs, you can reach out to our email, which is probably guess this one too, sometimes baseball at gmail.com. All right, so we're gonna do what you've been thinking. Carrie, start us off. Uh, there is such a thing as too many tabs. I I have decided this. There I don't know, I don't know what the number is. I think it's somewhere near eight. And beyond that, it's just worthless. It's just too many tabs. Uh, I'm trying to perfect whatever that number is. Maybe we could do an over-under on the right number of tabs to have open, but I'm going to stick with Yeah. Let's set the over-under at, I don't know, Carrie, give us an over-under number. Mm, I'll go with seven. Seven? Okay. I feel like for me personally with doing projects, I have to have like 14 tabs open. <laughs> I'm sure you guys can relate. I'll go the right number of tabs. I'll go over. I feel like it's fine to have more than seven tabs. I don't know. David? I, I keep it uh, pretty short, man. I usually only have two or three open at a time. My computer gets a little weird once I start opening a bunch. <laughs> so um, I, I try to keep it simple and just keep the necessities open. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Hey, good thought, Carrie. <laughs> uh, David, what you got? Uh, nothing too deep today, but um, I was shuffling through my music on the way home today, and Khalid came on, and I hadn't heard Khalid in a long time, and I don't know when the last time he's putting out an album was. So today I'm just thinking, uh, Khalid, we, we need more music from you. I, I really enjoy what you put out there. Yes. When did he burst on the scene? Was it like 2018? Yeah, I think I was about to say probably like 2017, 2018. Um, okay. I think it was our sophomore year of, of college. So wh whenever that was, 2017, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think he was he was on tour, I think, uh, last year. But, yeah. No, he's I got missed some, him somehow. <laughs> he's got some good stuff. Or it might have been the weekend. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Regardless, we, we need some, uh, some new music from Khalid. All right, I'm for it. And then, uh, so here's my thought. I was making chicken today, and I was thinking, I was frying it. And I usually either grill it, I've baked it, I, um, I can fry it, 
Oh. <laughs> and that really got me thinking because you can do a lot of the same things with potatoes. So what is the most versatile food that you can use in all different kinds of dishes? Is it potatoes or is it chicken? Thoughts, David? Uh, I might take a sleeper and go like onions or something like that. Uh, I feel like that's in a lot of recipes. Okay, that's um, fair. But be between the two candidates, uh, maybe just for like vegetarian sake, I'll say uh, potatoes. Okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Carrie, you used to Oh, this is food. an ironic plot twist because I'm actually a vegetarian and I'm going to take chicken. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just throw chicken in everything. I do use potatoes more often than chicken, obviously, but yeah. you, you just put chicken in anything, right? And yeah. you just throw it on top of whatever it is. And Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I think for me personally, I think it's chicken just because you can put it in anything. Um, but the same can go for potato. I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 so that was my pointless thought and uh we've reached a pointless answer and so i think we're just going to move on <laughs> all right so today in baseball history so july 8th youth dominates at the home run derby held last year at 2019 as two rookies face each other in the final round pete alonzo the major league rookie leader with 30 home runs prevails over vladimir guerrero jr but it was guerrero who stole the show he came into the event with just eight major league home runs, but he slugged an incredible total of 91 over three rounds, including the longest of the night at 488 feet. So I, I think uh, for me personally, the home run derby might be one of the more exciting events through throughout the season because of the new rules. So I wanted to ask, are you guys fans of these rules or not? Carrie, start it off. I think the old home run derby was completely worthless. This is like exciting, must-watch television. I love the, the short round. You've got a timer. It's how efficient is your swing, how many are you going to knock out. It's fantastic. Uh, the old three-out rule was confusing, and nobody cared. So that's my thought. I'm with Kerry on this one. I wasn't sure where he was going to go with that, and I was very prepared to disagree with him, but... Uh, I guess not. Uh, yeah, I like this new format. I think the timer adds a really interesting element to it. It sort of presents like a buzzer beater kind of situation in a lot of rounds, which I think is cool. And um, overall, I just think things need to change every seven or eight years. And uh, the MLB did that with the Derby and they did a really good job. Yeah, I am a big fan. So the first year they did that, I think it was 2014 in Cincinnati. And Carrie and I actually watched that home run derby together. And that was so much fun because we were like on like the edge of our seats and like Todd Frazier ended up hitting like a buzzer beater home run, which was for the event, like the perfect way for it to start. So yeah, I love the rules. So with that, we're going to jump into the rules for 2020. We're going to go through them and kind of just give our thoughts on it. So we've already talked about this in a previous show. Me and Carrie really dove into it with, from the stats perspective, but I'll just ask a quick question. Which team has the most to gain from the addition of the universal DH? David. Wow, that is a really good question. Um, whew, off the top of my head, that's a tough one to think about. But um, I'm trying to think of teams who have like an albatross fielder. And normally I would have said Carlos Martin or Jose Martinez on uh, St. Louis. But now that he's in the American League, I'm not entirely sure. I think... In general, just since I have a lack of better answer on hand right now, everybody, um, yeah. if you have that, you know, if you have a competent hitter batting more than uh, just, you know, trotting whatever pitcher you normally would have out there, I think you're at a clear advantage. So um, 
I know I like the strategy involved in like double switches and, and you know, pitchers hitting and all that. But at the end of the day, I, I think I'm very prepared to watch some actual hitters get, get some more ABs. <laughs> yes, I 100% agree with that. I think everybody has something to gain. Uh, Carrie, did you have a team in mind that has potentially the most to gain? I remember when we talked about this before, and I'm sticking with my reaction of the Reds because they got a lot of offense first, not as good defense type players. And the more they can hide that by just having them swing away, it's, it's going to be better for them. Yeah, Castellanos in that DH role is going to be lethal. Yeah. But so the, the team that came to mind for me was the Cubs because what they can do is put Hayward in the outfield and get Schwarber out of there <laughs> and let him just yeah, mash base. that's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that rule, it's definitely going to change the game. Hopefully they keep it forever, uh, even though it is less fun when pitchers aren't hitting home runs. But I think we're going to be okay with it. All right, going into <laughs> one of the more controversial rules, the extra innings rule. So if a game happens to go to extra innings, a runner will start on second base and there will be no outs. If that runner scores, the run will not be charged to the pitcher as an earned run. Carrie, thoughts on this? Initial thoughts. I hate it. I think it's terrible. I know it's if for the sake of ending the game sooner and like having things, you know, we're trying to wrap this up, keep it to a tidy, you know, time limit. But I think extra innings is like, I don't know. I, that's one of my favorite things. It's like, we're just going to stretch back and see how long this goes. How long can they, can they keep this going? I, I remember uh, there was a Cardinals game that went to the 18th inning when I was growing up. I remember that one. And it was like, wow, they just did double baseball. Like, I love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this shortened season, I guess I'm fine with it. I, I just, I don't want this to stick. I don't want it to be a, a long-term thing at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of 18 innings, David and I, the entire summer last year, <laughs> when uh, we lived together for like, what was it, three-week period, we would just watch mm -hmm. 18 innings of baseball every day. We would watch the East uh, games and then turn on the games at 10 o'clock <laughs> for the West ones. <laughs> But, uh, uh, David, what are your thoughts on the extra innings rule? With Kerry here again, you know, just like he said, for pitchers' arm sake and everything like that, obviously in this shortened season where they're playing like almost every single day, you ideally don't have games going to the, the 19th or the 18th inning. But um, I love when a position player has to go out on the mound and it's the bottom of the 16th and, you know, both teams have these crazy looking lineups. I guess that's just gone now. And this year it makes sense as Kerry stated a couple seconds ago, but in the long run, I don't know. I don't love it. I've had it in the minor leagues a couple of years, this rule. And um, I pay attention to minor league baseball a little bit. And I don't know. I think it takes away from some of the fun and excitement of extra innings. Yeah, no, it's 100%. I remember uh, Chris Davis, the first baseman for the Orioles, uh, that it was a long game in uh, Fenway Park, and he hit a home run in the uh, first nine innings at some point, and then they ended up needing him to pitch, and he got the win <laughs> um, in relief. And so, yeah, that was fun. But, yeah, that's probably gone now. Um, but so I think, yeah, I'm pretty much with you guys on everything you guys said. Um, but I wanted to bring this up. One of the potential suggestions for the extra innings rule was having bases loaded two outs. So what are your thoughts on that? Would that have been better than the runner starts on second base with nobody out? I think that's instant drama personally. 
I haven't heard that up until now, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think it would be pretty cool. Uh, if you were to have to put an extra innings rule in there, like you said, it automatically creates like, uh, you know, a, you, you need to get a hit here situation. And um, I think that could be fun for a lot of fans. So I don't know, maybe in the future, they'll, they'll tinker with these rules and throw that in there. Yeah, that would be, it would be fast paced for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one and done. I was thinking, I, I didn't like it. Like, if you said it and it put a bad taste in my mouth. And I was thinking, like, is there a way they could, um, maybe they build up, right? Like, you know, the 10th the inning, you start with a runner on first. The 11th inning, you start with a runner on second. 12th inning, uh, runner on, like, may, I don't know. Somehow, you, like, you just keep adding people more bases at the start of each inning. You start taking away. I like that. And then by, like, the 16th inning, it's, like, bases loaded, two out, like, Let's get this thing over with. That 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 could be fun. Yeah, that would be fun for sure. I, like you get some crazy scoring games too. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of like uh, like the college football overtime a little bit. How they keep pushing it back or, or moving it in, moving it in, moving it in, whatever the yeah. rules are until uh, right, somebody right. finally wins. So yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that too. I, I think that'll be cool. All right, so another rule that was already going to be as part of 2020 is a three batter minimum. When a pitcher comes in, they must pitch to at least three batters. Or if the inning ends and they've only pitched to, say, one or two batters, then they can um, they do not have to come out for the next inning. So, Carrie, thoughts on the three batter minimum? This one I do like. I'm, you know, we're going to put left-handed, one-out guys out of business, but uh, we're also getting rid of the constant pitching changes. And that, like, when I'm watching, they're talking about, like, pace of play. They need to increase that. That feels like the slowest, most nauseating part of the game for me as a fan is just watching somebody come out and warm up. And then they throw, like, two ball, like two balls to strike, and the guy grounds out. And it's like, we just went through, an, like, an eight-minute transition for some guy to throw three pitches, and we're done with this. Like, so I'm, I'm glad we're getting rid of that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, like, in September, their games are, like, four hours because, like, they just have 40 guys on the roster and 27 of them are pitchers. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it can get really slow. David, thoughts on the three batter? So, originally, I didn't like it, but then, Trout, you did just mention September, which brought a memory back to mind <laughs> where um, me and uh, a friend of both of ours went to a Pirates-Mariners game last September because it was free and we decided to go. After watching, you know, six or seven quadruple-A pitchers trot out to the mound for, like, one or two batters, and it was hot and all this, I, I was like, all right, this is a little bit ridiculous. But um, so I'm sort, I'm sort of torn on how I feel about this one. I, I do like the strategy of having, you know, some weird, like, Oliver Perez kind of lefty specialist come in and try to get it out real quick. But I, I can see why the rule was changed. As Kerry said, it is sort of frustrating when you're sitting there in the stands and you're just waiting and waiting, and then the cycle repeats itself immediately after. Yeah. Yeah, so in addition to that rule, they were also going to uh, have 26-man rosters for the season. And then once September came around, they could increase it to only 28. Um, so what they've decided to do to start off the year this year, just – because of potential arm injuries and whatnot. So the first two weeks, they're going to have 30 players on the roster with no limits on how many pitchers you can have. 28 for the next two weeks. And then after four weeks, uh, they're going to bring it down to 26 for the rest of the way. 
And then on road trips, they can have three taxi players and one of them has to be a catcher. And then in addition to all of that, they also have a 60 player pool they can pull from throughout the year. And those extra players can work out with the team, but on road trips, they go to a secondary location. So there's, there was a lot there, player pools, the many players, uh, any, do we have any thoughts on that? Anybody? Carry anything from you? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of with them there. I think uh, it was necessary, you know, just because with the lack of minor leagues and, and things of that nature. But I guess maybe some cool stories will come out of it from, uh, from those yeah. taxi squad players. But uh, <laughs> not, not too much besides that over here. Yeah, there really isn't much to talk about other than it's just what, how our team's going to uh, essentially use that to their advantage. Because you know some team is going to have, like, 20 pitchers. But <laughs> I was going to say, it's good, it's good that it's, like, uh, a catcher. This does kind of measure teams that have, like, kind of a high-end, like, good top-of-the-farm system, right? Like, they, they're going to be dipping at, in and out of those players who are, like, almost MLB-ready, and that might help them a little bit. But, you know, as yeah. long as it's not all pitchers and everybody just throws, you know, three batters and gets out of there, like – that's, that's my nightmare. So, Yeah. All right. So moving on to some of the coronavirus rules that they put into place. Uh, if someone does test positive, they will have to be out for two weeks, and then they must pass the test twice. They must get two negatives in a row. Otherwise, they cannot play. Uh, if they've been in any known contact with a, someone who has had coronavirus, they have to test negative once. They are tested every other day, allegedly, um, <laughs> based on some of the reports we've been seeing that hasn't been happening. They have to take their temperature twice a day, maintain like the standard six feet rules. Um, but one of the more interesting rules that I saw that <laughs> I thought was kind of funny is any player that aggressively approaches an umpire within six feet to argue is immediately ejected. <laughs> <laughs> so any thoughts on that uh carrie it seems pretty cautious um to to do that but uh i was actually listening to uh, a fangrass podcast and they were in, interviewing a, a sports epidemiologist which i was like that's a job title uh apparently <laughs> and he was his his take on all the mlb pandemic rules is that they're generally pretty good but the testing twice in order to be reintroduced is actually a little overly cautious. Um, a lot of like nurses and hospitals, they don't have this retest to re-enter. They just have a specific 10 days away or three days since the last time you had symptoms, whichever one is longer. Um, and that's it. That's, that's their rule. They don't, they don't have this hard testing requirement. And if you add that testing requirement, like it's going to draw it out even longer, how, how long people are staying away. And it's been effective for hospitals. So that was his, his takeaway on these pandemic rules. I'm sort of excited to watch like a shouting match between an umpire and a player from a safe seven foot distance away with no fans <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> um, so I, I just think whatever audio is going to come out of that oh, is going to go right on the broadcast because there's absolutely no noise canceling <laughs> it out and somebody's going to be fired up enough to do it I mean if we get to that point I think it's going to be comically just fantastic 
Yeah, I'm there for it. Another thing along <laughs> with uh, the six feet rule is um, uh, for for mound meetings, like they can't get closer than six feet for mound meetings. So how are you supposed to do that? Like, <laughs> like you cannot yeah. talk quietly enough. Like, there's going to be somebody just sitting like, a coach sitting in the bench like you like I can hear you guys <laughs> yeah it could be like football maybe where you hold up like uh, big cards with cartoon characters and all this other stuff on there and it's like some sort of secret code for, for what they're supposed to be doing or like yeah but like how are you supposed to like emotionally support someone from seven feet away yeah. like <laughs> a little thumbs up <laughs> yeah like come on oh geez and then like another rule on top of that is if you are not in the game, you cannot be in the dugout or the bullpen. Like, you have to sit in the stand somewhere. So the dugouts are just going to be completely empty during the games, which I think is interesting, except for, like, the main nine guys. But, yeah, so I'm interested to see what kind of shenanigans are going on up in the, uh, the stands during these games. <laughs> I'm excited for what they fill the stands with. Uh, some of the KBO teams have, like, put stuffed animals in the stands. They put, like, cardboard cutouts. So I can't wait for, like, you know, McCutcheon, who's getting an off day, and he finds, like, three cardboard cutouts of himself, and he, like, you know, <laughs> throws himself a tea party in the stands. Like, I can see him <laughs> pulling that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> that would be great. I, I think there's so much potential there with it, with nobody in the stands and these players just milling around. I think I I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, so one of the last main rules to talk about is the regionally-based schedule. So you play, if you are in the NL East, you play everybody in the, else in the NL East 10 times each for a total of 40 games. And then you also play everybody in the AL East for a total of 20 games, and that adds up to 60. David and Kerry, give me one team that has, that got a really good, that like benefits a lot from this, and give me one team that is just they are not going to be able to benefit from this at all. David, you start. Uh, so the team I'm going to say got the biggest break from this is – I'll pick two. They're both in the centrals um, on opposite sides. I'll say the Chicago White Sox in the American League and the Cincinnati Reds in the National League. I just think that the AL Central is already pretty weak towards the bottom with, like, Detroit and uh, Kansas City mulling around. And the White Sox are one of those teams who could benefit from also playing, you know, the Pirates a number of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe even the Cubs, depending on how they look. And uh, I think the Reds are just in a similar position just on the other side. But um, team that gets negatively impacted the most, I'll go – the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, my biggest concern as a Phillies fan when I heard about these rules was that any combination of the Yankees, Red Sox, Nationals, Braves, Rays, Mets, that is a bloodbath schedule that you have to go through. And I think the Phillies are one of those teams that is on the fringe of playoff contention and playing, you know, these American League East teams so many times could potentially knock them out. Oh my gosh. Well, so for boost, I, I, you took my two teams. I was like, all right, if he says Sox, I'm going to say Reds. If he says Reds, I'm going to say White Sox. Uh, those are the same two I had in mind for, for beating up on the AL Central, which is not really much of anything. And the NL Central is pretty lukewarm. So if anyone like can stand out from the pack, they can make pretty big strides. For teams that are going to take a hit, uh, the Orioles have 
a, a realistic chance of winning single-digit games this year. <laughs> it's just so awful and sad for Orioles fans. But, like, now they got to play the Nationals on top of the Yankees. And, like, it's a bad time to be an Orioles fan. Yeah. Oh, geez. Like, yeah, they might literally win nine games. <laughs> All right. So, I think the team that has the most to lose might potentially be the Oakland Athletics. They have to play the Dodgers now. They have to play the Diamondbacks now. Like, they didn't have to, like, play those teams. And that might be a concern to them because – I view them as a fringe playoff contender. And if you lose four or five times of the Dodgers, you might be out of it. Because other teams are on the rise, too. Like, the Rangers can steal some games from you. The Mariners, if they – they can potentially steal a game or two from, like – like, the like yeah, and they're, they're probably going to get knocked around by the Astros a little bit. And uh, I think they have a lot to lose. I think the team that has the most to gain, I think they have a cakewalk to their division now because of this is the Minnesota Twins. They're just going to run away with that division. They're going to win 45 games easy, I think. I could see it, man. The talent's there for sure. Yeah. They can do it or Cleveland can do it just as well. It's. Uh... I've been thinking Cleveland also, man. I, I think a lot of people are, um, aren't really taking them seriously, but the roster is still there. They won a lot of games last year, and I think they could do it again. That's fair. Yeah, they, they're, they're built around the pitching. All right, so let's – I just mentioned some win totals. Let's get into win totals. I have pulled from Odds Shark. I pulled this on July 5th. The, let's, uh, so this is over under win totals. So if it's a regular number, let's just say 31, you can say over, under, or even. If it's 21 and a half, for example, you can only say over or under. So the first team, we're going to go alphabetical order. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they are at 31, over, under, or even? Under. I'll say even. I, I see them about a, as a 500 or a one game over 500 kind of thing. Yeah, I have them as even, too. I think 31 is just right about the number for them. They don't have the pitching to do it, but I think they have enough hitting to win about 30, 31 games. <laughs> All right, so the Atlanta Braves, their over-under total was set at 34 on the dot. Going to take the over on this one. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I took the under as well. I think they're going to stumble out of the gate. I think they're going to be one team that a lot of people are expecting to win a lot of games, and I think they're going to stumble and win maybe 31, 32. All right, so Baltimore Orioles. Do you even want the total wins, 21 and a half? Under. Put, under. <laughs> give me yeah. the under. I'll put 5,000 on the under today. All right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> David will take the under on the Orioles at 21 and a half. Yeah. I don't even know how that is possible for them. 20, like, come on. They're not going to win 15. Oh, geez. All right. Red Sox, they're at 31 and a half. I'll take the under. I'm going to go under as well. Yep, I'm going to go under as well. They lost Mookie Betts, David Price, Chris Sales out. I really don't see how it's going to happen at all. Cubs, 32. Under. I'm also going to take the under on the Cubs. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of uh, what they've got going on there. Yeah, I'm with you guys as well. All right, White Sox, 31 and a half. Over. I'm taking the over. They're going to be there. I'm jumping ahead, but I'm, I'm very excited by uh, what the White Sox have going on, and I think they're going to they're gonna take it. Well, 31 and a half is a pretty good number, but I did just hype them up a little bit. So just to, uh, to stay back on my word there, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say over for the White Sox. All right. Good man. I'm over as well. Cincinnati Reds, 31 and a half. 
Same situation. Uh, I will say over. I'm very big on the Reds. I think they have enough pitching. And as Kerry mentioned earlier, their lineup is deep enough to get the job done this year. I'm also taking the over on the Reds. I think uh, this season is going to favor offense more than we think it will. So I'm, I'm leading into the offense-heavy teams. Cleveland Indians, 32 even. To that end, under Cleveland <laughs> is a pitching-heavy team. Uh, I know they, they – I just – said like, oh, maybe they'll take it uh, in defense of the Twins, but uh, I don't think they're going to take it. I, I think it's going to be someone else. I think Cleveland is very, like, just above average, and 32 wins would put them right there. So I'll say even. All right, very good. I'm saying under. I think they uh, stumble out of the gate as well, uh, in addition to the Braves. Uh, Colorado Rockies, 27 and a half. Wow. Um, they do have a tough go, especially now that they're playing the AL West a lot, and you have Houston in the mix and teams like that. So I'll say uh, I don't love the Rockies. I'll take the under. I'll take the over. Uh, oh, interesting. Sticking with, sticking with my offense-heavy projection, I think there's going to be a lot of randomness and the extra, you know, I, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting together the, if you go to extras, you start with a person on second, and those coin flips are going to go to the offense first teams. I don't know. You know, this is all us throwing at dartboards, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Detroit Tigers, 21 and a half. Unders? Under. <laughs> Taking the under. Yeah. All right. Houston Astros, 35 wins. I said even on this one. I feel like 35 is perfect for them. I'm going to take the under. I am still, from a pure baseball standpoint, a very big Astros guy, and I'm going to take the over on this one. All right. Kansas City Royals, 24 and a half. Unders? Even. Seems Even. right. 24 and a half, Kerry. Ah, under. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm going to take the under also. Yeah, like that, that one was tough for me. I was like, they could win 25, maybe. I don't know, because if the NL Central is beating up on each other, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I could name three pitchers on the Royal staff. That's fair. Tunis <laughs> <Yeah>. and friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Los Angeles Angels, 32. This is more a wish, but I'm taking the over. I'll take the over, too. I'll, I'll buy into the Angels. Yes. I am very, I'm very big on the Angels this year, as you'll see in my division predictions. <laughs> Los Angeles Dodgers, 37 and a half. I said over. Taking the under. Ooh, carry. Betting man. Um, I nearly made the mistake of saying even, but I think I'll go just one game over. Okay. All right. Miami Marlins, 24 and a half. I think with that division, they're going to have a tough go, so I'm going under. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you on that one. Also going under. All right. Milwaukee Brewers, 31 wins. I said over on this one. I think they'll get 32. If this number was 32, I'd say even. I don't know. Kerry? I'm also going to take the over. It's at 31, you said? Yeah. I'll say even. And then uh, Minnesota Twins, 34 and a half. I think we can all agree on the over on that one. <laughs> also taking the over. New York Mets, 32. I took the under on this. I'll say even. I'm also going to say even. Ugh. They, got, they got some pitching there. Yeah. And their lineup ain't too bad either. Mm. All right. New York Yankees, 37 and a half. Are we going over on this? I'm going to take the under. Also, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll spice it up a little bit, and I'll, I'll say the under on the Yankees. Interesting. Okay. 
yeah, we're going to look back at this at the end of the year and see how right and wrong everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Oakland Athletics, 33 and a half. Um, Gary's thinking hard. <laughs> I'll, I'll go under, but just by a game or two. I'm also – I'm going under because I wanted 33. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, without – if it, I think without this, they could have won – like a, a good amount of games, probably another 96, 95, as they did the year before. But they got to play these tougher teams now, so under. Philadelphia Phillies, 31 and a half. Uh, I, don't, I don't love the Phillies. Uh, <laughs> but for positivity's sake, I'll say over. That's, okay. a, that's, a, that's a very cautiously <laughs> optimistic over. I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> Gary? I'm taking the under, but William, you gotta save that soundbite for David's wedding. <laughs> I don't love the Phillies. <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh Pirates, twenty-five and a half. I said under, big time. Anybody I'm also gonna take the under on that. Yeah, I'm taking the under. Twenty-five yeah. feels rosy. <laughs> yeah, if I was to put money on any team, I would take the unders on the twenty-five and a half Pirates the 24-and-a-half Royals, and the 21-and-a-half Orioles. <laughs> Unders on all of them. Parlay it, put big money down. All right. San Diego Padres, 31. This is the most intriguing number for me. I'm going over. Over. David? I'll say even, even at 31. Okay, and I said under. So, yeah, like, yeah. you can have your – like, that, that's the thing with the Padres is, like, you can have so many thoughts on them It's I still think they're a year away from where they can actually start winning a lot of games. San Francisco Giants, 25 and a half. I'm going under big time on this. Uh, I don't know big time, but I'll take the under, yeah. I could see it being over, but I'm going to say even. That sounds right. 25 and a half? Ah, uh, under. 25. Under or over? Uh, under, 25. Okay. All right. Seattle Mariners, 25. Uh, um, I'm taking the under on that one for sure. Under. Yep, me too. St. Louis Cardinals, 32 and a half. I'm going over on this one. I think they can win that division. Carrie, you're the Cardinals guy here. Wow, thank you. I'm taking the under, so I love your optimism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> David. I was going to take the over also. Um, I think somebody's going to have to win some games in that division, and it's going to be the Cardinals and the Reds duking it out at the top. Home stretch, four to go. Tampa Bay Rays, 34. I'm taking the over. Also taking the over on this one. Okay. I'm saying even. I think they're going to lose – the Blue Jays are going to steal some games from them. Uh, that's, that, that's where I'm at. I think, I think even's right about good for them at 34. Texas Rangers, 29 and a half. That's tough, but I expressed on the last episode that I'm not huge on the Rangers, so I'll, I'll keep that trend going, and I'll say under. Also going to say under. Yeah, I was going to say over originally. Um, I think they're about 500 teams, but David swayed me last episode for the under. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Toronto Blue Jays, one of the more intriguing teams, 28. I'm going to go under. Don't think the pitching is there. I'll say even. Yeah, I think they'll win 26, 27 games. So I'm saying under. And then last, uh, the Washington Nationals, they are set at 34. I said even for them. I think 34 is just the perfect number, and I think that's right about where they're at. That sounds so right. I want to convince myself to go over, but I can't 
Yeah, I'll say even. Yeah, sure. E- even also, I, I could see it. I, I still, I still think the Nationals have a really good squad over there. All right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, looks like we agreed on most of the unders. Um, <laughs> uh, but all right. Yeah. Very interesting. We. I'm going to save this, and I'm gonna. We're gonna look back at it at the end of the season and uh, and see how we did. Oh no! And, I didn't know this was gonna be on the record. That's terrible. Yeah, this is on the record. Um, <laughs> All right, so now we're going to run through our divisional. So what we're going to do is just first list the in order. We'll go NL East to NL West and start over with the AL East and go to the AL West. Uh, We're just going to go one to five. And then at the end, we're going to pick the four wildcard teams that we have. So I will start first with the NL East. I have the Nats winning the division as the Braves stumble out of the gate to finish second. Phillies finish as a close third, maybe a game behind the Braves. Mets, they they get a bunch of injuries. I think they finish fourth, and the Marlins, in another build year, finish fifth. Carrie, who who is uh, what's your division look like over there? I'm also taking the Nats. I'm going to take Nats, Mets, Braves, Phillies, Marlins. Charles, I've got the same one as you. I've got um, Washington, Atlanta, Philly, the Mets, and then Miami at the bottom. We're all fans of the Nats here. <laughs> all right, so moving on to the NL Central. Carrie. Yeah, uh, you guys are fans of the Cardinals, but I gave those wins to the Brewers. So I'm going Brewers, Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates. Any reasoning on the Milwaukee winning the bullpen? They're, yeah, they are built pretty bullpen heavy. A lot of my, my things are just chaos. I try to <laughs> a lot of chaos in my standing predictions. I think, you know, 60 games, anything can happen. I mean, remember when the Dodgers last year were like 17 and, you know, 20-something? Like, the, the Dodgers, like, just fell on their face out of the gate last year. And that could be what happens in a 60-game sample. Dodgers yeah. could end up out of the division. Like, it's, you know, who knows? So, yeah, some of this is just me, me sowing some chaos uh, spice on here. <laughs> nice. All right, Dave, what's uh, your NL Central looking like? I think it's going to be a really close race, but I'll go Cincinnati, St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago, Pittsburgh. Nice. Any reasoning there with Cincinnati? You just love what I don't know. I, they're, yeah, they're getting a lot of hype from a lot of people. And even before the shortened season, I was sort of, sort of big on the Reds. Uh, made a lot of acquisitions. I'm very intrigued to see that Japanese guy they picked up. Um, yeah. So, um, for fun purposes, I'm I'm rooting for the Reds to pull something out there. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people out there in the baseball world would would agree with you. They are going to be fun this year. Uh, my NL Central, I think the Cardinals, the Cardinal way is just going to prevail in this craziness. I think they're just going to uh, take that division, and then I have the Reds right behind them. Uh, the Brewers, I think uh, their bullpen guys, they've. Uh, they're not going to do as well this year. I think uh, there's going to be some chinks in the armor there. And then the Cubs with David Ross, I think he's probably the worst possible manager for this situation. (laughs) And I think they fall flat and the Pirates are just going to pirate. And that's pretty much that. All right, David, NL West predictions. Who you got winning? I'll take the Dodgers, Arizona, San Diego, Colorado, and then the Giants in the cellar. I, uh, Here's, I sowed some of my magic uh, chaos dust on this. I'm taking the Padres and then the Dodgers. Rockies. Diamond I like that. With the Giants at the end. Rockies, Diamondbacks, Giant. 
Yeah, it's the bottom. Yep. Yeah, I have the exact same as David. I'm going uh, tradition here. I'm saying Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres, Rockies, Giants. I think uh, – but, yeah, Carrie, I think yours is going to be the most interesting. Uh, <laughs> maybe that reign of terror will end for the Dodgers out there in the West. That's my dream. Look, I said it's as much wish list as it is uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right, so AL East. I will say the Yankees take that pretty handily with the Rays there at second. Blue Jays in third over the Red Sox, who have no arms this year, and they're just going to not do so well in the Orioles winning those single-digit games that we talked about in fifth place. I'm going to spice it up a little, and I will say the Tampa Bays will win the AL East. Uh, don't stop Bay leaving, baby. Uh, <laughs> the Yankees behind them, Boston, Toronto, and Baltimore coming in last. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like they play each other 10 times. That's equivalent to 27 games uh, in the regular season. So if you win seven, eight of those times, you're going to look be looking really good at the end of the season there. I think they're gonna beat each other up. I'm also I'm also gonna take uh, the Rays on top, uh, then Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles. That uh, that Miami Marlins neighbor factor that's gonna is really help them out. <laughs> nice. All right, so I'm a black sheep on that one. All right, AL Central predictions. I'm taking the Twins, White Sox, Cleveland, Royals, and Tigers. You're a big on the Twins based on uh, – I'm huge in the Twins. I, I love their offense, and that's uh, – I, this prediction relies entirely on the Yankees getting injured like they did last year and the Twins just slugging like it's uh, 2018 Nelson Cruz. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Hopefully they don't have to play each other in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, David, who you got in the AL Central here? Twins on top and copy and pasting carries list. Yep, I'm there with you. This is the most boring. <laughs> uh, this is probably the most logical division breakup, but you never know. Cleveland, they could be resurrected from their 2016 season and just start hitting like bananas. But uh, they do have nobody in the outfield, which could probably be a problem. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm interested in that division to see how well the White Sox do with their new faces on the block. AL West predictions. I'll go Houston Astros on top, Angels second, A's third, Rangers four, and Seattle coming in at fifth. You're uh, you're knocking the A's a little bit there. I am knocking the A's. Trout, you're uh, you've expressed your your interest in the Angels, and uh, you sort of swayed me a little bit. Don't think they're going to win the division, but I say they will be better. Okay, nice, nice, Gary. Who you got in the AL West? Uh, William, I think I'm stealing your thunder. I'm taking the Angels. I, okay. I want this is this is full full dreamboat mode. I want Shohei <laughs> Otani and Mike Trout in the playoffs, and that's it. That's all. That's I just want it. I just want it to happen. <laughs> I didn't get anything else in 2020, so I want this. So Angels, Athletics, Astros, Rangers, and Mariners. Ooh, Houston. They're not going to be able to handle it with nobody in the stands. Look, have you heard the news out of Texas right now? It's uh, it's not good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have the Astros on top with the Angels in second. Uh, A's, I think they're going to stumble. Um, Rangers and Mariners. Just for me, the Oakland Athletics, they're built for a 162-game set. 
because they don't figure it out until like because they're a classic second half team because like you like nobody like they're losing in the beginning everybody's out on them and then it's just they figure out how to platoon these guys in the best way possible and then they just run on this get going this ridiculous run so I don't think it's gonna work for them this year but yeah I think the Astros are just have the most talent there and I think that's gonna surface up to the top so on top of just the division winners there's also gonna be two wild card teams so Carrie, give me your wild card picks for the NL and AL. For the NL, my wild cards are the Reds and the Dodgers. Dodgers probably being wild card number one. And then in the AL, I'm going the White Sox and Athletics. So um, the Yankees just miss the playoffs. They do. Yeah, I'm counting on last year's injury bugaboo to, to strike again. It's happened before. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Interesting. All right, David, give me your wild card teams. American League, I will take the Yankees and Indians. And coming out of the National League, I'll go Atlanta and St. Louis. Okay. Uh, just a quick question, because in your AL Central, you do have the White Sox as second. Oh, do I? Yeah. Oh, scratch that then. I'm uh, Scratch my original prediction. I'm moving the Indians above the White Sox in, uh, okay. in, in my prediction. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let me make that change. Yeah. Put some highlights on there. And this will be on the Instagram account whenever the episode goes up. So feel free to check that out as well. So just to rehash, Carrie has the Reds and the Dodgers and the White Sox and the Athletics. David has the Braves and the Cardinals and the Yankees and the Indians. And I am going with the Braves and the Reds and the NL and the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Los Angeles Angels in the AL. I have the Angels sneaking in there by a game over the White Sox. (laughs) All right, so that is our division predictions. And now we're just going to get into the back half of the show. Song lyric of the day. This is probably my favorite part. David, uh, give us your song lyric. Start us off. You, uh, you sent me a text last night and said I was going to like yours. So, so let's hear it, Will. Okay. All right. So this comes from the song called I Spy by Kyle and Kodak Black. The lyric goes, I know when you text me, girl, I don't always reply. Well, you're not an angel either. You can't even fly. <laughs> I love that lyric. I think it's great. And we've been talking so much about the angels. And uh, so the line of, well, you're not an angel either. You can't even fly. I love that. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, that was d- definitely a heavy freshman year song for me. I That's see. a really good one too. It would, uh, like you said, fresh, everybody was playing that anywhere you went. Yeah. Carrie was not in school, but he can, I don't know if he can relate on that at all, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm gonna be dated when I share mine, but that's fine. No, well, that's cool. I, I've I've thrown it back to the classic rock era on a couple of occasions. <laughs> All right, uh, who's got a song lyric for us? I'll fire one off. It is baseball season, and there were some uh, conflicting reports on whether mascots were going to be allowed in the crowd or not. But I just heard that they will be. But anyways, I'm going Drake and Lil Wayne. The motto: My team good. We don't really need a mascot. Um, and I don't know. I, I love mascots, love Drake. <laughs> That's the best I got today. Yeah. You also had the luxury of having probably the best mascot in baseball with the Philly yeah. fanatic. <laughs> I love him, dude. He, like you said, he is number one. America's mascot. 
for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, Carrie. All right. Uh, mine is in, in honor of the recent Supreme Court ruling for LGBTQ rights. I'm going to a 2008 Lady Gaga special. Uh, I'm beautiful in my way because God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. <laughs> yes. I just, I, I love, like, you know, it's, it's like super inclusive. You're born the way you are. That's, that's the way it is. And uh, I, I just love that. So. Yeah, no, it was a it was a great song, and it was such a great song that my lasting memory of it will be that that song was playing anytime you turned on the radio. <laughs> yeah, Born This Way was maybe the most overplayed song of all time. Um, but no, that, that's a great lyric. Yeah, no, I yeah, it's great. It's a great song, Lady Gaga, Beast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna bring it home now with the trending Twitter topic. So as some of you may or may not have seen, there was some news out of Kansas City the other day. Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year, $503 million extension with the Kansas City Chiefs to play quarterback there for the next decade. <laughs> and uh, so this brings about the question, I guess probably two questions. Are we ever going to see a baseball player sign for half a billion dollars in just the next decade? And how much is Mookie Betts going to make? Because he's probably going to get the biggest contract out of all this. Who wants to start? David? Yeah, I'll start it off. I do think eventually we will see a $500 million contract at some point in the next decade. I don't think it's going to be Mookie Betts. I'm really interested to see what baseball contracts look like after this whole, you know, fanless season, um, I've been wondering if Mookie Betts is going to, you know, fall really on the bad side of that and maybe, you know, be shorted out of an extra $50 million or something that he would have been getting. Of course, that's yeah. not like a huge, uh, you know, life. You know, like, obviously, if he's still getting $300 million, that's still a lot of money. I'll say Mookie will get what, – what did Harper get? 12 for – or 13 for like 330 something around there? Yeah. yeah, um, I'll put Mookie somewhere in the 330 range then. Okay, over 10, 11 years or? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be long and stretched out just to make it a little more financially feasible. All right, all right. If you had to pick somebody uh, that is currently playing, who's going to get the $500 million extension? Or uh, Juan Soto. I think he is – just already like one of the best and he's so young where it would probably make the most sense to give him some like crazy A-Rod-esque kind of deal. Yeah. I would have said uh, Ronald Cooney Jr., but he already signed that 10-year, $100 million contract and, oh gosh. Carrie shaking yeah. his head. <laughs> Let's get his thoughts. Uh, I'm upset about the Cooney contract. It's definitely um, – I gosh. They're, it's almost the Braves just like stealing from him, right? Like he, he yeah. generates so much more revenue than that, but it's a way that his situation can be exploited because he's from a different country, you know, and this is like, you know, the big payday and you got to take what you can get when, when you can get it. And when the money's in the door, it's really hard to say no to. So, um, yeah, we can move into, uh, um, Mookie Betts, I think, uh, I think he's recession-proof. I think there's still going to be a, a bidding war for him at the top end. You know, Dodgers and Yankees, they still got their fat checkbooks. That's not going anywhere. So, although the Yankees do have kind of a hefty payroll. Hmm. 
what was yours? Three thirty over eleven, I think, David. Yeah, it was. It was somewhere around there. It was okay. similar to Harper's deal. Yeah, I'll take three fifty over ten. Oh, okay. Not many teams that can shell that out. <laughs> but nope. he doesn't need many. He needs one. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way to look at it. Um, but yeah, so I am with you, David. I don't think if it's not going to be Juan Soto signing the five hundred million dollar extension. I'm going to say it's going to be Vlad Guerrero Jr. signing that $500 million extension. Uh, or, Good to see it. Or just deal in general, free agency or whatnot. I think that guy was really getting ready to just explode this year. And he can still do it. I, um, I'm, I'm there for it. I think the dude can just pulverize baseballs. And for Mookie Betts, I'm going to say he gets 12 years Three hundred seventy-five million. I think there's some team that's out there that's going to do that, and someone's willing enough to pay for it just because Mookie Betts can do everything. So we're all on record now, and we're all going to be wrong. Um. <laughs> I forgot to make my uh, my five hundred million dollar player prediction. Oh yeah, sorry. This one's going to be hard to have happen. This is a it's a difficult reality. But I'm going with Wander Franco. Ooh. Uh, so obviously it's got to be someone other than the Rays. There's no way the Rays are. <laughs> <laughs> But he's just such a talent, and I'm counting on the fact that that contract's going to be in, you know, eight years from now when he's finally a free agent. Like, that that might be about the time that we're just coming in under the wire for our, our, our one-decade rule. But eight years, nine years? What, what? Oh, it depends when they bring him up, I guess. Um, yeah, I think he, he should be up this year. If they don't pull him up this year, they're doing something wrong. Well, then, I mean, he's only – he's, like, not even 19 yet. So. Um, Still, oh, yeah, I, I can see it. I'm, I'm taking one for Franco. All right, but that's all we have. So, thank you so much to Carrie and David for joining the show. We had three people on, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, that was a blast. Yeah, this was great. I love it for uh, prediction stuff, and uh, it was fun to see people steal my thoughts and then, uh, but also to, to have to then defend them further or to come up with new, new thoughts entirely. So, it was good. Yes, yes. And uh, I said this last week, uh, this will be a boring podcast for people expecting a lot of fighting because we all think the same way because we have such an appreciation for the game. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of, yes, I agree, 100% quotes yeah. in, uh, throughout the hour or so. And, uh, but I think that's part of the fun uh, about it. <laughs> all right. So that ends the show. Thank you so much to our listeners. And we'll see you next week.